Unleavened Bread Ministries presents From your hands, your feet, your side Unleavened Bread Bible Studies with David Eels Can quench my thirsting soul Purest water make me whole Let your streams of mercy flow Oh Jesus, I trust in you Greetings, saints. Many blessings to you. Thank you for joining us today for the Unleavened Bread Bible Study. And Father, thank you so much, Lord, for blessing us with understanding concerning the things to come. Thank you for correcting any errors that we have. Thank you for your mercy in giving us discernment and wisdom in these, uh, well, very confusing and very tumultuous days that are coming. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Uh, we've been speaking on the man-child coming with nuclear war. This will be part two. And um, although I agree that the world is in a really dire situation, as described, uh, as I tell, share with you here today, and uh, that the Alliance believes that they have a solution. Uh, I will say that God will not permit the wicked to escape the curse of Deuteronomy 28. It's really what drives people to God. And uh, we must identify the wicked the way God identifies the wicked in His Word. And they are those, uh, Christian or otherwise, I use the term loosely, uh, who disobey his word. And only those who are justified by faith in the sacrifice of Jesus are capable of obedience through God's power and escaping this judgment, as uh, we will soon see. You'll notice that it was God who instituted the blessings and the cursings. Uh, Deuteronomy 28, uh, I'll give you a portion here, um, starting in verse 1. And it shall come to pass that if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth, because all the nations are under judgment, by the way, and all these blessings shall come upon thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God." course, you can listen to a lot of very moral voices out there. There aren't the voice of the Lord. They're fakes. And um, this administration is full of these people, New Age people and so on, who don't believe the book of Revelation, which is a judgment upon the wicked, as well as it is a test and a trial for the righteous. He goes on to say, If thou shalt hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, blessed shalt thou be in the city, blessed shalt thou be in the field, blessed shalt thou be the fruit of thy body, 
and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy beasts, the increase of thy cattle, and the young of thy flocks. And, of course, that's just a taste of uh, Deuteronomy 28, um, the conditions uh, for the blessings. And this list goes on and on. And then, of course, the other part comes to verse 15. But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all of his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Well, look out there, folks. What do you see now? Yes, curses all over the world. Economies falling, nations falling, warfare between these two opposite people, and uh, and so on. And he says, It shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Cursed shalt thou be in the city, cursed shalt thou be in the field, cursed shalt be the basket, thy basket and thy kneading trough. Cursed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy ground, the increase of thy cattle and the young of thy flock. Cursed shalt thou be when thou comest in and cursed shalt thou be when thou goest out. The Lord will send upon thee cursing, discomfiture, and rebuke in all that thou puttest thy hand unto do. Until thou be destroyed, and until thou perish quickly, because of the evil of thy doings, whereby thou hast forsaken me. The Lord will make the pestilence cleave unto thee. Notice. Hmm until he have consumed thee from off the land. That's happening. Whither thou goest in to possess it. Yeah. And this list of cursings goes on and on. And it's very large. And it even says, if it's not listed here, he'll bring that on you too. (laughs) So... The Lord is the one that brings the curse. And um, he, of course, uses demonic forces to do that. Uh, Only Jesus has the solution because man is a fallen creature even in his most moral state. And Galatians 3 and 13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law having become a curse for us. So God put our curse upon Christ if we believe it. And if you believe it, by the way, you can walk away from the curse of sin, uh, it's called. And if you don't believe it, you can't. You can be satisfied with just dead religion that just gets you uh, forgiveness, they think. But these people won't forgive one another, so they are not forgiven either according to the Word of God. Uh, For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. So God put our curse on Jesus. Do you believe? Then if you believe, you are able to repent, which means change your mind. 
When we believe that Jesus was born, has borne our curse, God begins to work in us to will and to do of His good pleasure. This is how salvation comes, as He works in us His will. And, uh, of course, when He's worked His will in us, we don't want to sin. We want to follow Him. We enjoy following Him and pleasing Him. So, this working in us to will and to do of His good pleasure also delivers us from the curse, manifestly. If a religious person does not believe God is capable of doing this, then he won't do it for them. So, I will interject this as the only solution. Okay? Men think they have a solution, and they think you can put people under morality or law and um, it will legislate their morality, but it doesn't happen. It's not possible. Wicked people get judgment, and they get the curse. There's only one solution, Jesus. I'm going to share a piece of this article here. Uh, the fall of Luciferian dominated Western civilization is highly disruptive, but necessary. Okay, but... Let me say that many people who are moral don't understand how deep this goes. It's anything outside of Christ. Yeah. So if you're outside of Christ, your Lord is the devil. He is the God of this world, and the world is everything outside of Christ, right? And this was this article was um, written by Mike Adams on nine nine twenty two. He said, almost without exception, every Western institution, government, media, entertainment, sports, education, finance, tech, science, medicine, and more has been overtaken by anti-human Luciferian forces that push policies rooted in pure evil. Well, I agree with that. Um, child grooming, pedophilia, transgenderism, maiming. Satanism and Luciferian indoctrination, transhumanism, anti-human depopulation, mass censorship, and the suppression of human knowledge and truth. Google, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, etc. Mass poisoning of humanity through toxic food, toxic medicine, and toxic fake news. Mass obedience and authoritarian uh, control over individuals' actions, mass surveillance, total invasion of privacy, and the right to be left alone, the dismantling of food resources, hunger, starvation, scarcity that keep human civilization fed, the disrupting of energy resources that keep human economies functioning, Engineered bioweapons labeled vaccines that are designed to achieve global genocide. Acts on human values. Attacks on human values. White men, straight couples, reason, uh, rationality, and normalcy. Attacks on the biosphere. Geoengineering. So... The 
White House is now hiring straight-up Satanist homosexuals like Dr. Dimitri uh, Daskalesis, uh, who is now the new monkeypox czar. No doubt the NIH will provide millions in funding for this research into monkeypox transmission vectors. The White House obviously knew all this before they hired him, which means they want you to know you are being ruled by Luciferian homosexuals. Is it any surprise that the Biden regime is also pushing child mutilations, pedophilia, sodomy, and indoctrination of children in public schools? You need to understand what you see here is also present in Canada under Trudeau, the UK, Germany, France, Australia, Ukraine, etc. Nearly all the nations of Western civilization are run by demonic freaks and perverts who despise humanity and worship Satan. They are no longer hiding it. The demons have come out for all the world to see. Yes, I'd say that's pretty much true. And he says, uh, do not cry as the demon-infested institutions of Western civilization collapse into ruin. The more you understand the level of pure satanic evil that has infested the governments and the institutions of Western civilization, the easier it is to realize that their collapse is a necessary step for humanity to ever be free from their reign of evil. Well, we know that the beast will last as long as the saints are in sin. We know that the Bible says that God's people will not be free from this beast until Jesus returns at the end of the tribulation. Um, men cannot destroy the curse. God ordained it in Deuteronomy 28 to show men that they need to obey Him to come out from under it. Amen. We'll just make it real simple here. So, I mean, um, there are people, um, and I believe this man is one of them, that believes that we can have a peaceful civilization. And I say, not until Jesus comes. There is no peace to the wicked, saith the Lord. And the wicked are everybody who are outside of Christ. Uh, humanity will never be free, he says, or sane, as long as these freaks, perverts, demons, and child-grooming lunatics remain in charge. And I tell you that the Alliance is not going to put an end to that. I mean, they may put an end to some of the leadership, but they're not going to put an end to sin. If they could have done that, we wouldn't have needed Jesus to come. The coming collapse of Western Europe's demonic governments and fake fiat currencies is actually a blessing for the world. That doesn't mean that there won't be suffering because uh, there most certainly will be. But the demise of this Luciferian global control cartel is absolutely necessary. Yes, it is. But you can't destroy evil until people are good. 
because evil is what brings judgment on the people. And evil are the demons that um, uh, bring about Deuteronomy 28. They are there to judge those who are gone astray and live under the curse. The curse will be here until men are sanctified, and then it will only be uh, on the world and not upon those who are truly disciples of Jesus Christ. He goes on to say, there's no reforming this system from within, by the way. It can only be dismantled and replaced. Agreed. Fortunately for all of us who are pro-human, pro-Christian advocates for life and liberty, the Luciferian-dominated Western nations are dismantling themselves with policies of economic suicide. This is true. It's always going to be that way. But that won't be the end of it. Just remember, there's a whole tribulation and a beast and a harlot that's going to rule until God destroys them at the end of the tribulation. So, uh, if you get rid of one kingdom, this Babylonian deep state kingdom, there's another one behind it. (laughs) It's written. So, he goes on to say, they are cutting off their own energy supplies, food supplies, and infrastructure. They are dismantling They are demanding the end of human civilization via green energy policies and LGBT mutilations of children combined with uh, genocidal bioweapons, vaccines, and the mass poisoning of the world through pesticides, herbicides, and chemtrails. Yep. So this is the beast's plan to usher in their one-world government. Uh, well, the Babylonians, of course, uh, thought that they were the ones that were going to usher this in, but it seems now that the alliance is going to take their place, okay? Um, the nations have to be destroyed in order for their new financial and global government systems to rise as a phoenix out of the ashes, so to speak. Yes. They have already set wheels in motion, he says, uh, that will destroy the entire West, taking down governments, central banks, institutions. They are going to achieve their own destruction. In other words, get ready for the total collapse of Western civilization on a truly biblical scale, because that's exactly where this is headed. Agreed, and I want to also say that um, the Alliance believes that they've got a way to bring this thing up from the ashes with money. Well, if money could save the world from the curse, it would have done it before now, and um, it won't because it is written. And it will be a blessing for humanity, he says. Well, Christians who are the elect of God are the ones that are going to escape this. And I don't say everybody who is a Christian will escape this because they don't believe in deliverance from the curse, nor do they believe in what Jesus did and passed on to his disciples in the early church, which was all of those gifts that God gave unto his disciples was to deliver people from the curse. 
So when they found somebody who believed, they were able to give them that gift from God. And it's the same today. But most overwhelming majority of the church does not believe in those gifts. Hmm. And of course, they all die before their time. So it's time to lock up the groomers, he said, and uh, child mutilators agreed. Send them to prison for life. Dismantle the systems of tyranny and lawlessness that threaten humanity's future and restore freedom. Well, there won't be any freedom for the wicked. Only he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. The bride will have a period of grace for a few short years to get the gospel out and spread the revival among the elect of God all over the globe. Yep. And he he says, Humanity is on the cusp of both its most devastating and promising pivot point in history. I agree. But the pivot point is those that come to Christ. The ones who are going to be blessed out of this thing that they're doing is God's people, like Cyrus did. He provided for God's people. And even today, they're doing that whether they know it or not. However, the world is not going to be able to partake of all of these great and wondrous blessings because there is no peace to the wicked, saith the Lord. And if you give peace to the wicked, they will take that as a confirmation that they're going in the right direction, right? He went on to say, what matters most is how we deal with the crisis that is being engineered. Well, the the curse drives men to God, right? So here's another article by Mike Adams, 9-8-22. Western Europe now facing total financial collapse. Experts and analysts urgently sound the alarm. Yep, but they don't know the solution. Neither does the alliance. Hmm. Western Europe is facing total collapse from catastrophic scarcity and price hikes surrounding food, fertilizer, energy, and industry, warns David Dubine. Uh, Silver guru David Morgan adds that European banks are facing the possibility of systemic failures and bail-ins due to exposure to energy markets and the desire of Western European governments to keep printing money to try to address the devastating energy scarcity that is now irreversible. Well, the uh, obviously the alliance is doing their best to stop them from printing any money. Whether they've been successful or not, I don't know. I heard that they were, but I'm not sure about that because we hear a lot of uh, disinformation from them too. So uh, American banks, he went on to say, uh, also have exposure to Europe's economies, which means a failure of Western European banks governments and currencies will spread like contagion to the United States and the dollar with no solutions in sight. There is a solution in sight. (laughs) And no willingness among Europe's politicians to even consider reversing their suicidal policies that led to this crisis. 
It seems that Western Europe is doomed to a simultaneous collapse of food, energy, industry, agriculture, and currency. Putin, it seems, won't need to go to war with NATO after all. NATO countries are destroying themselves with astounding, astonishing speed. The death of the queen marks the death of Western civilization. Well, once they decided that to call her dead, which she's been dead for a long time. Okay, he goes on to say, today's um, death of Queen Elizabeth, which I don't agree with, too, uh, could be more timely, couldn't be more timely, as the death of Western Europe likely won't be far behind. The queen has died but so has common sense, rationality, financial sanity, and agricultural integrity. No civilization can survive without food, energy, and money, and the leaders of Western Europe are hell-bent on utterly destroying all three. Now we are just a few months away from watching in horror as decades of virtue signaling and bad policy decisions come to fruition, bringing Western Europe to its knees with a level of devastation that hasn't been witnessed since World War II. As a measure of just how bad it is, the government of Switzerland is now threatening a three-year prison sentence for anyone who heats their home over 19 degrees Celsius, about which is about 66 degrees Fahrenheit, It is also uh, reported that heating water over 60 degrees centigrade will be a criminal offense. And if that also applies to cooking, then no one in Switzerland will be able to boil water without becoming a criminal. I don't know if they went that far, but apparently the Swiss government is going to unleash a wave of temperature police to burst into people's homes and measure their indoor temperatures to make sure no one is actually warm. Even if you heat your house with wood, you can still go to prison for producing too much heat. Hmm. The fall of Europe will spread to many other nations. Unfortunately, this Self-inflicted destruction won't end with the fall of Western Europe unless the trajectory of all this is immediately altered. The catastrophe will spread to all Western nations, including the United States, Canada, Australia, and Japan, bringing down their industry, real estate values, GDPs, and currencies. We are looking at the systemic unrelenting wipeout of the euro, the yen, and even the dollar, combined with global de-dollarization efforts already well underway by China, Russia, India, and Saudi Arabia. So, if the dollar does not collapse, neither will the deep state. The alliance knows that. The new dollar uh, that they are printing are gold-backed, as they should be, because then they cannot be manipulated by the deep state. Okay, but it it still just depends on who's in power, who is going to manipulate it, you know. 
Um, he goes on to say, the era of abundance is over. Prepare for the era of collapse. Well, I think when you look at the beginning of the tribulation, you see that that's about true. Uh, it's the era of collapse. Okay, but they don't believe that. They believe a thousand years of peace. So they're not qualified to bring this thing down if they can't bring it back up, right? They're being used to bring chastening on the whole world. And I'm afraid Christians are going to get the blame for this because they're the the most support behind Trump. I believe Trump, as Cyrus, will conquer Babylon. But you got to replace some things or you don't have a society, right? He goes on to say, The bottom line, unless a radical course correction is immediately embraced, Western Europe will suffer a catastrophic collapse in 2023. It looks to me like it's happening now. Uh, with collapse defined as 50% or more of the businesses and industries ceasing operations, causing mass destitution and angry uprisings across the continent, combined with widespread starvation and deaths from exposure from freezing. Of course, we know about the starvation. It's in the book of Revelation, chapter 6. The man-child comes, the war comes, and then starvation comes. And, of course, that's what wars do is people quit doing what they have to do to survive and, and just fight for their lives. And uh, But it's not going to serve them well. Nothing is going to save the world except those who come into Christ out of the world. Come out from among them. Yeah, Don't be a partaker in their sins. And you won't be a partaker in their judgments. The collapse of the United States will take longer to fully play out, but it is also inevitable. The dollar will soon be history, and the financial solvency of the U.S. government will evaporate virtually overnight. Both the USA and Europe are going to end in mass uprisings, revolts, and violent revolutions, it looks like. No wonder the globalists are uh, desperately trying to kill billions with bioweapon vaccines and engineered starvation. Yeah. Well, one beast is conquering another here. Okay. And so they put their hope in this next beast. <laughs> but beasts have always been raised up to chasten God's people and to bring them into line. Always, all through the Bible. And I don't suppose it's going to be any different this time. Okay. He goes on to say, part of this effort, by the way, is to Deliberate so that Western nations can clear their books of debt by declaring force majeure and thereby canceling all financial obligations, both to the treasury, debt holders, and entitlement receivers among their own people. Anyone collecting a federal government pension, for example, is going to be left high and dry. Even worse, those left-holding currencies like the euro, the yen, or the dollar will be lucky to get five cents on the dollar 
once the Great Reset is fully realized. Well, of course, they want the GCR to replace their plan for a Great Reset. And uh, they're well on their way to doing that, bringing down the old. And yet we haven't seen the, the bringing up of the new um, very much. I do believe from reading the Bible that the bride will partake in the blessings of Cyrus. It says so clearly. But will the world be able to do this is the question. And they said, oh, yes, the world can escape the ravages of sin uh, because the great alliance is going to bring us through this thing and it'll be all rosy on the other side. Not true. It can't happen. The fiat dollar is in the process of being discontinued, uh, which is a good thing. And uh, to ultimately bring online the new digital currency, which is a mixed thing. Okay, in the in the beginning, of course, it's going to be good. But I gotta say, this is on the way to making the mark of the beast. Mm-hmm. This is necessary to bring about the one world currency and the mark of the beast. If you think we're going to escape that, you're wrong. It is written. Okay, so all those goons, he said, who uh, worked for the feds, in other words, are going to be left without with nothing. Yeah, and everybody else is lost. That includes the 87,000 new IRS agents who still think they're going to terrorize Americans, but will soon find themselves dumpster diving for food scraps. Hmm, maybe so. And although we are in far better hands with the alliance, this is my thoughts, okay, than the completely satanic deep state, there is uh, no deliverance from the curse and God's judgments on evil men. Only faith in God's promises, which brings obedience, can deliver people from the curse. As the Lord said in Deuteronomy 28. Okay, here's another one, um, Mike Adams. Uh, you know, as far as a um, uh, conservative, I agree with a lot of his principles, but as you can see, I just depart a little bit on this, this regard. Uh, this article was Consumer Demand Collapses as Global Economy Implodes. Factories Closing Doors, Freight Demand Plummets. This was 9.13.22 by Mike Adams. We are now watching the whiplash effect of all the mad money printing that uh, took place during COVID lockdowns, which provided the world's central banks an excuse to prop up their Ponzi markets one last time. The flood of money and debt was uh, stabbed into the economy like an adrenaline needle, into the heart of a code blue drug junkie, reanimating the corpse of the economy into something mimicking economic activity. But the stimulus wave has, as we all supposed would happen, set into motion a series of inevitable after effects that might be worse than just letting the corpse expire in the first place. 
Now, the world faces skyrocketing inflation, in other words, currency devaluation, being reflected in prices of food, up at least 40% in the grocery store and closer to 80% in restaurants, in uh, case you haven't noticed. Energy, up 800% to 1,000% across much of Europe. Uh, clothing, uh, housing, uh, almost everything else that you can think of. With consumers at the end of their financial ropes, they are now drastically cutting back on purchases of, a, of discretionary items such as appliances, vacations, high-end cosmetics. Uh, I got news for you. I was in a, uh, uh, a store yesterday, and I noticed first thing when I drove up, there was very few cars out there. Uh, and they, this is one of those stores that handles just about everything. Um, and I saw very few cars out there. Went inside. I saw people wandering up and down. Very few people there buying anything. I was amazed. Yeah. So he goes on to say, this is causing alarm bells to sound off in the manufacturing industry where companies like Electrolux, the second largest appliance manufacturer in the world, has announced production cuts in both Europe and the United States. As consumer demand is plummeting, forced shutdowns of factories are also occurring due to high energy prices and supply chain disruptions. We learned yesterday, for example, that Toyota has shut down Sienna production, that's their minivan, uh, for the next two years. Promised 2023 models from Dodge, Nissan, Honda, GMC, Ford, and Chevy are severely lacking in availability. And we are told that much of this problem traces back to the lack of transportation, rail, transport, believe it or not, and parts that are unable to be sourced due to the supply chain collapse. Europe now faces permanent deindustrialization, which means the end of heavy industry for a decade or more. Naturally so, I want to say that the Alliance believes that they got the cure for this, and it, that remains to be seen. They do have a lot of money. They have plundered deep states, uh, septillions of money, and um, they plan on using it to show how great the Alliance is by bringing everything back. Well, we'll see if that happens. I, I have no doubt it will help. I uh, don't think it can bring it all the way back. And I believe that the tribulation is coming because God's people are going into the wilderness. The wilderness is not a place of prosperity, except for those who received their food out of heaven, like the Israelites did and like the church will, the true church will. Okay. We will learn to walk by faith in this wilderness, and it is almost upon us. 
So he goes on to say, all across Western Europe, steel plants and smelting operations that handle zinc, copper, aluminum, manganese, and other industrial metals are collapsing by the day. The situation is so dire that a trade group known as Euromedox issued an urgent warning claiming that if emergency EU action wasn't initiated, the entire continent would face a crisis of permanent deindustrialization. This means that the end of industry for Europe, Europe's worsening energy crisis, the letter says, uh, poses an existential threat to our future. EU leaders must, quote, take emergency action to preserve their strategic electricity-intensive industries and prevent permanent job losses, unquote. The warning continues. Well, listen, there is no wisdom against the Lord. There's no wisdom will be found that can help sinners escape the beasts of Revelation. The only escape is to abide in Christ. It it goes on to state that 50% of aluminum and zinc production capacity is already offline. Copper and nickel aren't far behind. Producers face electricity and gas costs over 10 times higher than last year, far exceeding the sales price of their products. The letter warns. In essence, essence, Europe's entire metals industry is demanding a government bailout. Intervention means using public money to keep these zombie industries alive by allowing them to use energy that simply isn't available. The energy crisis is so severe across Europe right now that if severe restrictions are not enforced, many countries will face a total wipeout of energy and electricity before the spring of 2023, which I believe in 2023 we're going to see a war, the war that's spoken about in Revelation chapter 6 in the beginning of the tribulation. I'm not saying the tribulation starts there. The tribulation starts when the man-child, the white horse rider, who is Jesus riding his man-child, is coming to bring judgment as Moses did against Egypt to set God's people free. Things that have been are the things that shall be. So they're going to, many countries are facing a total wipeout of energy and electricity before the spring of 2023. So paying metals smelting operators to keep running their high energy usage plants isn't a viable option. Instead, European governments are likely to pay metals industry companies to idle their plants while paying their workers to produce nothing. Well, My thought is, some relief is coming in the area of Tesla-free energy, uh, but who's going to get to use it? Uh, In fact, some Europeans are now turning to Tesla-free energy, which means, of course, they were already in the works. The Alliance made sure of that. They were already in the works, or they wouldn't get to use it now. 
and it remains to be seen as to who will be able to take advantage of this and many other wonderful inventions that are coming out. All of them that seems to deliver men from the curse. So what's going to happen to stop all this? I think we're looking at it. If this starts to sound a lot like communism, he says, there that's not a coincidence. <laughs> all across Europe, nations must choose to either pay industry to produce nothing or allow those industries to permanently collapse into ruin from which there is no easy recovery. You can't simply restart large-scale industrial operations after bankruptcies have been declared. Equipment has been auctioned off, and employees have sought jobs somewhere else, if there are any, right? (laughs) Allowing industrial metals factories to plunge into bankruptcy would spell the end of industry in Europe for at least the next decade. Without metals, obviously, you can't build much of anything else, including automobiles. Mm -hmm. So, and they just discovered, you know, their electric automobiles down on the Gulf that the hurricane, you know, brought in all that salt water are starting to burn down. And um, the fire departments are busy running around putting fires out of these new electric vehicles. Hmm. Got to do a better job, guys. All right. Anyone reading this uh, who owns an Audi, a Volvo, a Volkswagen, or other German or European vehicles should be thinking long and hard about where their replacement parts are going to come from since Europe uh, ceases industrial operations. The economic uh, devastation coming to Europe this winter will likely be worse than World War II, resulting in, this is my comment, resulting in World War III. Remember, they made a one-world order after World War I to try to stop it, and then they made another one-world order after World War II to try to stop that. And uh, that was the U.N., Right. So, let me say that the Alliance has repatriated many, many tons of stolen gold and silver from the deep state thieves. And they intend to use this to restore economies under Nasara Jasara. Although redistribution of the wealth is a good thing, uh, taking it from one group of sinners and giving it to another will not destroy the curse. Only Jesus can destroy the curse because he destroys sin. Yeah. So the deep state is intent on starting a war between the U.S. and Russia. Their agents in the U.S. Navy have fired on Russia and Europe, and they know it. And I believe the deep state will continue to force this war. Yes, they've pretty well proven who took out the pipelines. And, um, well, here's another one from Natural News, a portion of it um, taken from this article, which was October the 6th, 2022. It's beyond doubt that the Nord Stream pipelines were sabotaged by the deep state portion. I put that in there. 
of the U.S. Navy. Now, he just had U.S. Navy, but I, I like to differentiate here. So I put the deep state portion of the U.S. Navy. And the Navy conducted an exercise in that exact area in July involving divers and undersea drones with the official position stating that it was a training exercise for anti-terrorist warfare. Hmm. In the past, simulators and training exercises have always occurred just prior to or at the same time as a terrorist incident, uh, the marathon bombing, 911, etc. Fake President uh, Biden is on record stating in a press conference in February 2022 that if Russia invaded Ukraine, that we would, quote, end the Nord Stream pipeline, unquote, and that, quote, we have the means to do it, unquote. <laughs> oh, my. Um, here's an article by Calbo, uh, republished from allnewspipeline.com. The U.S. has adopted the Wolfowitz Doctrine since the 1990s. It goes like this. Any potential competitor to U.S. hegemony, especially advanced industrial nations such as Germany and Japan, must be smashed. Europe should never be allowed to form a purely European security system that would undermine NATO. Hmm. Qui bono, meaning for advantage or in self-interest. Okay. Um, not Russia. Russia wouldn't have done this. They did not have to permanently damage the pipeline to shut off the gas. They could have either just turned off the compressors or set fire to the compressor plant. Not Germany. They were the customer for the gas, a customer with no other vendor for the gas. Uh, German industry runs on natural gas and will not shut down. Um, will now, excuse me, shut down. Many of the plants may never be able to come back online as the products and materials in the manufacturing machinery cools and hardens, breaking or plugging the pipes and valves, etc. I don't know what they did to bring them down, but I know some industry they're able to make sure that those are all cleaned out before. And I've heard uh, true that um, that the pipelines, this is probably not true, but uh, the pipelines weren't actually destroyed. They were just shut down. Well, we'll see about that too. So uh, not not other NATO countries either. They didn't have a purpose to do this. NATO risks having Germany resign from NATO and expel the U.S. troops. The loss of the bases would put NATO in a bad situation and likely lead to the end of the alliance. For this reason, you can uh, rule out every other NATO country in Europe as the saboteur. Okay, here's my thoughts. Uh, where we are and where we are going. Uh, our morning prayer meeting has, excuse me. 
there. I should have turned that off. All right. Our morning prayer meeting has the practice of receiving words by faith in God at random. We all ask God to give us some words and then randomly find out where that is because God is sovereign. And for those who believe in the sovereignty of God, this often tells the story of where we are and where we are going. We send out the angels to bring to pass the Word of God, and they do in this morning meeting. There are things that God wants us to do, and we listen to Him, and we send out the angels as He commanded us to do. The, the whole world is gathering under Cyrus Trump to overthrow Babylon's beast kingdom. As you know, in history, there's never been an overthrow of a beast kingdom unless it was by a beast kingdom. <laughs> okay, Daniel seven twenty three through 27. Thus he said, The fourth beast shall be a fourth kingdom upon the earth, which shall be diverse from all the kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth. This is a one world order. And shall tread it down and break it in pieces. Oh, it's being broken. And as for the ten horns, out of this kingdom shall ten kings arise. This is how you rule this one world order, right? Okay. So, alongside this first world beast arising in the first fruits of Zion, uh, arising to rebuild the temple of God's people. The second Grecian beast kingdom is totally antichrist and will make war against the church and crucify their flesh. All seven heads of the world beast are under these kingdoms. So notice that not only were these kingdoms individually um, empires, but under them all the rest of the empires were still running. And uh, that's because uh, their their uh, dominion was taken away, uh, but their lives were prolonged in their seed, which we still have with us today. All seven heads are with us today, uh, and they are in the U.N., and by the way, they are in the new UN. Do you know what the new UN is? It's the alliance. Yes, they're not calling it the UN, but that's what it is. So, back to Daniel 7 and 24. And another shall arise after them. That's Alexander's Grecian kingdom. And he shall be diverse from the former. And he shall put down three kings, and he shall speak words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. He shall think to change the times and the law, and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and a half a time. That's the second three and a half years of the tribulation. Aha! So, verse 26. But the judgment shall be set, and they shall take away his dominion to consume and to destroy it unto the end, as, as all beast kingdoms end up, right? And the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, 
His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. As you know, Jesus comes uh, with his saints to destroy the last beast kingdom. So, let me say that David fought to win the kingdom from the factions that were around him. David is a representative of the man-child ministry. Uh, Psalm 27, these are the verses that we received, right? Uh, Psalm 27, 1 through 6, which is a psalm of David. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers came upon me to eat up my flesh, even mine adversaries and my foes, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, even then will I be confident. This is true, and uh, all adversaries will fall. Their natural adversaries, like the Edomites, he brought down. Uh, And uh, the worldly adversaries around us now, who are all antichrist, by the way, they're falling too, aren't they? Hmm. One thing have I asked of the Lord that will that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the day of trouble he will keep me secretly in his pavilion. Uh, of course, the bride with David at their head uh, was spared um, the uh, Assyrian beast when the rest of the church was not, okay? And in the covert of his tabernacle will he hide me. He will lift me up upon a rock, and now shall my head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me, and I will offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Yes, amen. We can praise the Lord. We continue to praise the Lord. Our enemies will be brought down. As the angels also told us recently, but we know it's written in the Word too. Psalm 27, 12 through 14. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine adversaries, for false witnesses are risen up against me. Ditto. (laughs) And such as breathe out cruelty. Uh, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let thy heart take courage. Yea, wait thou for the Lord. Yes, the Lord is going to exalt his bride, as we see very clearly in the latter chapters of Isaiah. Uh, The world doesn't fare so good, but the bride does. Read the story there. It's awesome the bride of those who are holy, sanctified, separated from the world. Psalm 37, 26 through 34. All the day long he dealeth graciously and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. Depart from evil and do good, and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loveth justice and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever. But the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. 
The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell therein forevermore. Well, you remember how the Israelites, um, after the Red Sea, took down Pharaoh's army, after Moses and Aaron took down Egypt, Egypt itself, you know, they went out there in the wilderness and they were provided for. The Egyptian kingdom was destroyed. But they were out there being provided for by God. Uh, so, just remember that. Okay. The mouth, verse 30, The mouth of the righteous talketh of wisdom, and his tongue speaketh justice. The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide, otherwise he'd be under the curse. Uh, the wicked watcheth the righteous, and seeketh to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand, nor condemn him when he is judged. Wait for the Lord, and keep his way, and he will exalt thee to inherit the land. Yeah, the kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. Right? He shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. So, when you read the Psalms, you see clearly that David was being crucified, denying himself as he conquered his enemies. And then David's fruit, the Prince of Peace, Solomon, built the temple. And here is a hint. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. When Jesus comes in the man-child, that's that phase we call Solomon which means peaceful. Amen? Why was he peaceful? Because David fought all those battles to bring down all the Edomites and, and wicked, uh, factious people around him, right? Okay, Zechariah 8, 9, the next verse that we received. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, let your hands be strong, that you hear in these days these words from the mouth of the prophets that were in the day that the foundation of the house of the Lord of hosts was laid. Oh, that's what Solomon did, right? Uh, even the temple, that it might be built. So, uh, Zion, the bride, and Zerubbabel, the man-child, laid the foundation of the house of the Lord uh, in the days of Haggai. David won the wars to subdue the factions, and uh, Solomon, the son of David, the prince of peace, uh, builds the temple with David's materials. Amen. Zechariah 8 9 says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Let your hands be strong, that you hear in these days, these words from the mouth of the prophets that were in the day that the foundation of the house of the Lord of hosts was laid, even the temple, that it might be built. So Solomon will lay the foundation and build the real temple in these days without man's hands. The elect apostates uh, will come under the man-child kingdom uh, as soon as they see that the curse is everywhere around them and all of their religion has only brought them to the curse. So, this is coming. 
So Isaiah 2, 1 through 4, the word that, the, that Isaiah, the son of Amaz, uh, Amaz, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. And it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains. Mountains represent kingdoms. And shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow into it. There they are. These are the people who are discovering, oh, we were wrong. Let's go to Zion. They are the real inheritors of this blessing. So, three. And many peoples shall go and say, Come ye, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of of the God of Jacob. Notice it says in the latter days, right? And he will teach us of his ways. That's where the truth is going to go forth from, and that's where the Lord said he was going to go forth from, Zion. And we will walk in his paths. Finally, for out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, and he will judge between the nations and will decide concerning many peoples and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. And some people say this is the millennium because they do not understand the people who are coming out of all of these nations are going to Zion, right? Not to be a part of the bride, but to be under Zion uh, as the people of God were in the Old Testament. God is restoring the kingdom, right? Psalm 102 and 12, But thou, O Lord, wilt abide forever, and thy memorial name unto all generations. Thou wilt arise and have mercy upon Zion, for it is time to have pity upon her. Yea, the set time is come. For thy servants shall take pleasure, or take pleasure in her stones, and have pity upon her dust. Amen. The set time is come. So the nations shall fear the name of the Lord, and all the kings of the earth thy glory. For the Lord hath built up Zion, he hath appeared in his glory. And when the Lord comes, he's coming in his glory, which is Zion. He will regard the prayer of the destitute and hath not despised their prayer. Well, you know, that's what Jesus did. He went forth to fulfill prayers that had been prayed and nobody was there that could fulfill them, right? So Jesus, the Prince of Peace, will inhabit Zion in power as it was with Jesus and the bride. Amen. Luke four thirty-three through 37. And in the synagogue there was a man that had a spirit of an unclean demon. And he cried out with a loud voice, Ah, what have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Nazarene? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee, who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And for mo most preachers would have said, Yeah, that's good. Tell me some more. <laughs> and when the demon had thrown him down in the midst, he came out of him, having done him no hurt. And amazement came upon all, and they spake together, one with another, 
saying, What is this word? For with authority and power he commandeth the unclean spirits, and they come out. And there went forth a rumor concerning him into every place in the region round about. So we know that the demons will be cast out of the church under the man-child ministry because Jesus lives in the man-child through his word and spirit. Zechariah 8, 2-3 Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I am jealous for Zion with great jealousy. I am jealous for her with great wrath. Thus saith the Lord, I am returned unto Zion. See, the Lord said he would return when? On the morning of the third day, as the latter rain. Hosea 6, 2 and 3. And will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem, and Jerusalem shall be called the city of truth, and the mountain of the Lord of hosts, the holy mountain. This is not talking about literal Jerusalem, for goodness sake, it's they're all of them Antichrist. Uh, the truth of the man-child in the bride will set the captive church free. The disciples confessed that Jesus lived in them, and so he did, and so he will. First John four fifteen through 17 says, Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God abideth in him, and he in God. And we know and have believed the love which God hath in us. God is love, and he that abideth in love abideth in God, and God abideth in him. Herein is love made perfect with us, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, even so are we in this world. A spoken word of faith. As he is, not as he was, as he is, so even so are we in this world. We are walking in the steps of Jesus and uh, overcoming the curse. So the apostate church will be judged in tribulation. Ezekiel 23, 35 through 39. Therefore thus saith the Lord, Because thou hast forgotten me, and it's cast me behind thy back. Now, don't say they weren't saved. They had to forget him. That means they uh, left it and lost it, right? Therefore, bear thou also thy lewdness and thy whoredoms. The Lord said, Moreover unto me, Son of man, wilt thou judge Ohola and Aholabah? Then declare unto them their abominations. Okay, that was the northern ten tribes and uh, Judah, uh, at least outside of the bride. Okay. For they have committed adultery, and uh, blood is in their hands. And with their idols have they committed adultery, and they have also caused their sons, whom they bear unto me, to pass through the fire unto them uh, to be devoured. Yep. Some of them go straight to hell. And because uh, they didn't raise them up with the word of God, which is what causes us to walk in the steps and in the life of Jesus. They're guilty of the blood of the saints. Who is? The harlot is. Read Revelation, right? 
Moreover, this they have done unto me. They have defiled my sanctuary in the same day, and they have profaned my Sabbath. Yep, they put that flag up there in the front of the church. Have you ever noticed that? <laughs> For when they uh, had slain their children to their idols, then they came the same day into my sanctuary to profane it. And lo, thus have they done in the midst of my house. So the church is going to the tribulation wilderness to be tested, right? Numbers fourteen twenty six through 30. And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation that murmur against me? I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel, which they murmur against me. Say unto them, As I live, says the Lord, surely as you have spoken in my ears, so will I do unto you. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. That's what the Lord says. They do not confess the Lord. They confess the curse, and they have the curse. And this we must learn not to do. Verse 29, Your dead bodies shall fall in this wilderness, and all that were numbered of you, according to your whole number, from twenty years old and upward, that have murmured against me, surely you shall not come into the land concerning which I swear that I would make you dwell therein. Oh my gosh, God can swear and not bring it to pass? Yes, He can, because if you break the covenant, it's broken. All of you once saved, always saved people, remember this. He said, Save Caleb the son of Jephunneh and Joshua the son of Nun. Yet, because they confessed the Lord in the midst of their trials, they didn't see the giants as giants. The church majority did not enter the heavenly promised land in their bodies. Uh, they had to die in the wilderness because they spoke against the Lord. And Joshua and Caleb entered in in their bodies because of their bold faith in the promises of God. Amen. History always repeats. Okay, this is another set of verses on another day. We call this apostate leadership, famine and sword. Jeremiah fourteen, fourteen through sixteen. Then the Lord said unto me, The prophets prophesy lies in my name. I sent them not, neither have I commanded them, neither spake I unto them. They prophesy unto you a lying vision and divination, a thing of naught, and the deceit of their own heart. How can they prophesy if they don't even have the Holy Spirit? When they talk about prophecy, they're always talking baloney. Always because they're not filled with the Spirit, and He does not lead and guide them in all truth, as Jesus said He would. Therefore thus saith the Lord concerning the prophets that prophesy in my name, and I sent them not. Did Jesus send anybody that didn't tarry at Jerusalem to receive the Holy Spirit? No. So all of those preachers out there who don't have the Holy Spirit were not sent. And yeah, they talk prophecy, but they don't know what they're talking about. Have you noticed over the years they've never been right? Never. And I sent them not. Yet they say, sword and famine shall not be in this land. 
by word, by sword and famine, shall those prophets be consumed. Ooh, did you get that? And the people to whom they prophesy shall be cast out in the streets of Jerusalem because of the famine and the sword. This is the uh, apostate leadership. Jerusalem also is an apostate leadership. There are two Jerusalems, if you notice in the Scripture, one that's blessed and preserved and one that's not. And uh, like Zedekiah, he was captured by the Babylonians and killed, right? Because of the famine and the sword, and they shall have none to bury them, their wives, nor their sons, nor their daughters, for I will pour their wickedness upon them. Oh my gosh, God has no mercy on the apostate church unless they repent through their tribulations that they're going to go through. Jeremiah fifty twenty four through 28 I have laid a snare for thee, and thou art also taken, O Babylon, and thou wast not aware. Thou art found, and also caught, because thou hast striven against the Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The Lord hath opened his armory, and hath brought forth the weapons of his indignation. For the Lord, the Lord of hosts, hath a work to do in the land of the Chaldeans. Yes, he does. Oh, thank you, Lord. 26. Come against her from the uttermost border, open her storehouses, cast up her up as heaps, and destroy her utterly. Let nothing of her be left. Yeah, the Lord gave to Cyrus the hidden riches of Babylon. Hmm, and he's got them. Slay all her bullocks, let them go down to the slaughter. Woe unto them, for their day is come, the time of their visitation, which is a coming of the Lord, right? The voice of them that flee and escape out of the land of Babylon to declare in Zion the vengeance of the Lord our God, the vengeance of his temple. Yep, come out from among them and be ye separate. They will go back to Zion. They will be under their true leadership. Psalm 121, 1 through 8. A song of ascents. I will lift up mine eyes unto the mountains, from whence shall my help come. My help cometh from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is my keeper, is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep thee from all evil. He will keep thy soul. The Lord will keep thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Yep, if you come under Zion, that's, that will be the situation. It's under these apostates that he promises judgment. Yeah. Ezra three ten through 13. And when the builders laid the foundations of the temple of the Lord, they set the priests in their apparel with trumpets. And the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals, to praise the Lord after the order of David, king of Israel. 
And they sang one to another in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord. By the way, the Lord seems to be restoring that. He wants us to praise Him with our whole heart. Yeah. Saying, for He is good. This is praise. Praise means to brag on. For He is good, for His loving kindness endureth forever toward Israel. And, of course, that's the church in the New Testament, right? And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the priests and Levites and heads of fathers' houses, the old men that had seen the first house when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes, wept with a loud voice, and many shouted aloud for joy so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout, and the noise was heard afar off. Amen. You know what the house looks like. We can see it in the Bible. If you read the Bible, you will find out what the church is supposed to be like, and uh, you will find out the fivefold ministry. You'll find out all these things that are for safety of the church. And you'll see that this church world is devoid of all that. They don't know what it looks like. They have to go to the people who knew what it looked like. Right? Isaiah thirteen eleven through 13 And I will punish the world for their evil and the wicked for their iniquity. And I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease. And I will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. And I will make a man more rare than fine gold, even a man than the pure gold of Ophir. Therefore I will make the heavens to tremble, and the earth shall be shaken out of its place in the wrath of the Lord of hosts, in the day of his fierce anger. The Lord is coming with earthquakes. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark three thirteen through 19 And he goeth up into the mountains, and calleth unto him whom he himself would. And they went unto him. And he appointed twelve that there might be with him, that they might be with him, and that he might send them forth to preach, and to have authority to cast out demons. And Simon, uh, he surnamed Peter, and James the son of Zebedee, and John the brother of James, and them he surnamed Boagenes, uh, which is sons of thunder. And uh, Andrew, and Philip, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, and Thomas, and James, and the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, and Simon the Canaanian, and uh, Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. And he cometh into a house. Yeah, praise the Lord. Proverbs 3, 9-10. Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the first fruits of all thine increase, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy vats shall overflow with new wine. Well, this is still true, uh, although we're not under the tithe in the New Testament. He that sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully, God says. So uh, people need to remember this in the places that we're going there needs to be equality. As the first thing happened when the Holy Spirit was poured out in the book of Acts is they decided to have equality. 
and they set about to do that, make sure everybody's needs were met. And they made it through a great tribulation because of that particular thing that the Lord did, and it will be so this time too. Ezekiel forty-one twenty-one through 26 And as for the temple, the doorposts were squared, and as for the face of the sanctuary, the appearance thereof was as the appearance of the temple. The altar was of wood, three cubits high, the length thereof two cubits, the corners thereof, and the length thereof, and the walls thereof were of wood. And he said unto me, This is the table that is before the Lord. And the temple and the sanctuary had two doors, and the doors had two leaves apiece, two turning leaves, two leaves for one the one door and two leaves for the other. And there were made on them, on the doors of the temple, cherubim and palm trees, like as were made upon the walls. And there was a threshold of wood upon the face of the porch without, and there were closed uh, windows and palm trees on the one side and on the other side and on the sides of the porch. Thus were the side chambers of the house and the thresholds. Now, all of this was to symbolize the building of the church. Not the building of the church in its apostasy, but in its revived form, right? And speaking of Josiah, he said, Second Chronicles 34, 8-10, Now in the eighteenth year of his reign, when he had purged the land and the house, he sent Shaphan, the son of Azaliah, and Masela, the governor of the city, and Joah, the son of Jehoaz, the recorder, to repair the house of the Lord his God. And they came to Hilkiah the high priest and delivered the money that was brought into the house of God, which the Levites and the keepers of the threshold had gathered of the hand of Manasseh and Ephraim. By the way, people are beginning to give to the building of the house of God. And they're beginning to give uh, where missionaries are able to go forth and be preserved and bring in multitudes into the kingdom. It's happening. And all of the remnant of Israel and all of Judah and Benjamin and of the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and they delivered it into the hand of the workmen that had the oversight of the house of the Lord, and the workmen that wrought in the house of the Lord. Who is that? That's, that's your missionaries, as they call them. Right? They're evangelists that go forth and give the word and bring people into the kingdom and make them stones to go into the kingdom. Right? Uh, gave it to mend and repair the house. Amen. The Lord is going to rebuild the house. The latter house is more glorious than the former house. Amen. Ezekiel twenty-eight fourteen through 18. Thou wast the anointed cherub that covereth, and I set thee so that thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. And thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. And thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created until unrighteousness was found in thee. And by the abundance of thy traffic they filled the midst of thee with violence. And thou hast sinned, and therefore have I cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God." 
And I have destroyed thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Of course, we're talking about the devil, right? Thy heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I have cast thee to the ground. I have laid thee before kings. You know the dragon in Revelation chapter 12 was cast down to the earth. Mm -hmm. And who was that? Well, it tells us there it was Satan in a body, in a seven-headed, ten-horned body, which represents the kingdoms of the world. Um, He uh, deceived the whole earth, right? I have laid thee before kings, that they may behold thee. By the multitude of thine iniquities, in the unrighteousness of thy traffic, thou hast profaned thy sanctuaries. Therefore have I brought forth a fire from the midst of thee, and it hath devoured thee, and I have turned thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. Oh, thank you, Father. And the dragon was cast down. Second Samuel 6, 6-9 And when they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, Uzzah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it. For the oxen stumbled. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God smote him there for his error. And there he died by the ark of God. And David was displeased because the Lord had broken forth upon Uzzah, and he called that place Perez Uzzah, breach of Uzzah, unto this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day, and he said, How shall the ark of God come unto me? Ah, we should fear the Lord, right? Human hands cannot touch the ark of the Lord. Amen. We must be born from above, right? Matthew twenty six thirty six through 46. Then cometh Jesus with them uh, unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto his disciples, Sit ye here while I go yonder and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and sore troubled. And then saith he unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Abide ye here, and watch with me. And he went forward a little, and fell on his face, and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass away from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And of course he did drink the cup. He uh, bore the curse for us. He bore the sin and the death for us, so that we could be blessed like Abraham. And he cometh in unto the disciples, and findeth them sleeping, and saith unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time he went away and, um, and prayed, saying, My father, if this cannot pass away except I drink it, Thy will be done. Amen. And he came again and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them again and went away and prayed a third time, saying again the same words. 
Then cometh he to his disciples, and saith unto them, Sleep on now, and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Arise, and let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that betrayeth me. And, of course, we've had the same exact example uh, been shown by the man-child who must come through his own death, burial, and resurrection, which is the anointing, uh, right? And uh, crucified by the wicked, by the faction uh, who were Judas's. And uh, he said, Jesus said, except we take up our cross and follow him, uh, we can't be his disciple. So we're following him to what? Death to self. Death to self. This is the this is the uh, entering in of the kingdom, the rebuilding of the kingdom. Jesus provided for this, you know, to rebuild the kingdom. And uh, of course, these are holy stones that are put in. If you read the Shepherd of Hermas, you understand what I'm saying. I got a revelation from God about the stones that go into the temple. Psalm sixty-two, one through twelve, a psalm of David. My soul waiteth in silence for God only. From him cometh my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He only. You know, let me say, the people look for salvation everywhere but Jesus. He is a last resort in many cases. But he's provided for us every kind of deliverance, every kind of healing, every kind of provision, um, every kind of salvation for the soul. He's provided all of this for us, and yet men are seeking it. Even Christian so-called people are seeking it everywhere else, and it's costing them dearly. Here is my high tower. He is my high tower. I shall not be greatly moved. How long will you set upon a man that you may slay him, all of you, like a leaning wall, like a tottering fence, they only consult to thrust him down from his dignity. They delight in lies. They bless with their mouth, but they curse inwardly. Selah. My soul, wait thou in silence for God only, for my expectation is from him, and all of our expectations need to be from him. He who died and was resurrected to give us his life as he is, even so are we in this world. He has given us his resurrection life. We have it now. And we are entitled to all of the benefits of the kingdom. Uh, forgiveness, uh, healing, deliverance, provision, etc., etc. Because of him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my high tower. I shall not be moved. With God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. His refuge is in God. And ours too. People are trusting in so many things to save them from the things that they see coming uh, upon the world. The big preppers out there, you know. Everything that they think they have could very well cost them their life. Trust in Him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before Him. 
God is a refuge for us. Selah. Surely men of low degree are vanity, and men of high degree are a lie. In the balances they will go up. They are together lighter than vanity. Trust not in oppression, and become not vain in robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart thereon. God hath spoken once, twice have I heard this, that power belongeth unto God, and also unto thee, O Lord, belongeth loving kindness, for thou renderest to every man according to his work. Notice, uh, what you have sown, you will reap. There will be nothing that can save you from reaping what you have sown. Nothing. Uh, look what's happening to the, the, the big faction, Babylonish deep state faction. They are reaping what they have sown. Second Kings seventeen thirteen through 18 Yet the Lord testified unto Israel and unto Judah, by every prophet and every seer, saying, Turn ye from your evil ways, and keep my commandments and my statutes, according to all the law which I commanded your fathers, which I sent to you by my servants the prophets. Notwithstanding, they would not hear, but hardened their neck, like unto the neck of their fathers, who believed not in the Lord their God. I want to say, the church fathers, the early church fathers, the really early church fathers, were the people to copy. They're the ones that wrote the scriptures and walked with Jesus and so on and so forth. The latter-day uh, church fathers have passed on their same old dead religion, and everybody just believed them instead of believing the Bible, so they all went astray, and uh, they're under the judgment of God because they've built something that is not the kingdom of God nor are their leaders leaders. They're not qualified to be leaders. They didn't, they didn't get filled with the Holy Spirit, and they weren't sent. It takes two things, right? And they rejected his statutes and his covenant that he made with their fathers and his testimonies which he testified unto them, and they followed vanity and became vain. Exactly and went after the nations that were round about them. Yep, they've got um, their president, which is the pastor, unscriptural as it is, they, that's their president. Then they got their vice president, that's the assistant pastor, right? Did they not follow the world? Concerning whom the Lord has charged them that they should not do like them. And they forsook all the commandments of the Lord their God and made them molten images, even two calves, and made an Asherah, and worshipped all the hosts of heaven and served the Baal. Yes, the Balaam they served. That's a false Jesus. That's who that represents. And they caused their sons and their daughters to pass through the fire. Yes, they do. And used divination and enchantments and sold themselves to do that which is evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. Therefore the Lord was very angry with Israel and removed them out of his sight, and there was none left but the tribe of Judah only. Yes, of course, they took them into captivity to Babylonish 
captivity. And that's where they are today. But God's got the solution. He loves his people. He's going to open their eyes. He's going to judge their leaders and their mighty men. And he's going to open their eyes. Glory be to God. Psalm 119, 9-16. Beth. Wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Yes, I did that in the very beginning of my Christian walk. I said, Lord, I want the truth. I want the truth. I kept saying that to the Lord. I couldn't even figure out why it was coming out of my mouth, but it was. I want the truth. So he led me through one religion and then another one, and then I realized, oh, it's just not there. That's not where it's at. Thy word have I laid up in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Take the time to find out what the church looks like before you go get trapped in one, right? Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. With my lips have I declared all the ordinances of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies. As much as in all riches, I will meditate on thy precepts. I have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Amen. This is it, folks. If you've been raised up in one of these dead religions, go get your Bible and start reading it like you never knew anything. And accept everything that you see in the New Covenant as God's formation of the church. Everything you see, everything. They say it passed away. They're liars. None of it's passed away. And so God's going to hold you accountable to that what's written in the Word, not your idols. Uh, Song 5, 9-16. What is thy beloved more than another beloved, O thou fairest among women? Yep, these apostates wanted to know, hey, what makes your Jesus any better than ours? (laughs) What is thy beloved more than another beloved, that thou dost so adjure us? My beloved is white and ruddy, the chiefest among ten thousand. His head is as most fine gold. His locks are bushy and black as a raven. His eyes are like doves behind the water brooks, washed with milk and fitly set. She knew exactly who he was, right? And the others didn't think that she knew any more than they did. His cheeks are as a bed of spices, as banks of sweet herbs. His lips are as lilies, dropping liquid myrrh. His hands are as rings of gold set with beryl. His body is as ivory work overlaid with sapphires. His legs are as pillars of marble set upon sockets of fine gold. His aspect is like Lebanon, excellent as the cedars. His mouth is most sweet. Yea, he is altogether lovely. This is my beloved, and this is my friend, O daughters of Jerusalem. <laughs> yes, amen. Second uh, Samuel twenty four, eight through ten. 
<clears throat> so when they had gone to and fro through all the land, they came to Jerusalem in the end of the nine months and twenty days. And Joab gave up the sum of the numbering of the people unto the king. And uh, there were in Israel 800,000 valiant men that drew the sword, and the men of Judah were 500,000 men. And David's heart smote him after that he had numbered the people. And David said unto the Lord, I have sinned greatly in that which I have done. But now, O Lord, put away, I beseech thee, the iniquity of thy servant, for I have done very foolishly. Yes, what he did was he counted on his strength. In, and, of course, those days, the, uh, the numbers, which they numbered the men, right? The numbers were what you counted on if you went against an enemy. But how many of you know that was very wrong because God's power makes you in the majority every time? As a matter of fact, they didn't win uh, battles when they were in the majority. They won battles when they were in the minority. And God's power was upon them. And uh, that's why we need to count upon his strength to do everything. If we count on men's strength, we will fail. We will be judged. Micah 2, 1 through 3. Uh, Woe to them that devise iniquity and work evil upon their beds. When the morning is light... They practice it because it is in the power of their hand. And they covet fields and seize them and houses and take them away. And they oppress a man and his house, even a man and his heritage. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, against this family do I devise an evil from which you shall not remove your necks, neither shall you walk heartily, for it is an evil time. And this next uh, group we received, we called it Civil War in the Nations. Micah 2, 1 through 5. Woe to them that devise iniquity and work evil upon their beds. When the morning is light, they practice it because it is in the power of their hand. Everybody thinks uh, might is right, right? And they covet fields and seize them in houses and take them away, and they oppress a man in his house and his house, even a man and his heritage. Therefore thus saith the Lord, Behold, against this family do I devise an evil from which you shall not remove your necks, neither shall ye walk heartily, for it is an evil time. In that day shall they take up a parable against you, and lament with a doleful lamentation, and say, We are utterly ruined. He changeth the portion of my people. How doth he remove it from me? To the rebellious he divideth our fields. Yep, the beasts conquer the people of God because they are apostate, which means fallen away. Therefore thou shalt have none uh, that shall cast the line by lot in the assembly of the Lord. Hmm. Luke fourteen twenty seven through 36 says, uh, Whosoever doth not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. 
For which of you desiring to build a tower doth not first sit down and count the cost, whether he hath wherewith to complete it? Lest happily, when he hath laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all that behold begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build, and he was not able to finish. Or what king, as he, goeth to encounter another king in war, and will not sit down first and take counsel whether he is able with ten thousand to meet him that cometh against him with twenty thousand? Of course, we, we know that God's people are not to count on their own ability to do anything or win any battle against the enemy. Our power is God's power. He said, I give you authority over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall in any wise hurt you. Right? So that's where we count our authority from and our power from. Or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth ambassages and uh, asks uh, conditions of peace. So therefore, whosoever he be of you that renounceth not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Yes, we we don't own the things that we uh, handle for the Lord. And um, therefore, we have to always go to the Lord. We are servants of His. He bought us out at the cross. We're stewards. We're no longer owners. And, uh, of course, the church is lying to the people when they put them under the tithe because they consider themselves to be 90% owners and God only 10%. Not so in the New Testament. And Second Kings nineteen eleven through 19 Behold, thou hast heard what the kings of Assyria have done to all lands by destroying them utterly, and shalt thou be delivered? Now we've gotten this Assyrian attack upon the people of God many times. God wants us to look at it. There's a parable there. And the parable, of course, is um, that the Assyrians were able to conquer the northern ten tribes, because they had a false Jesus. And they conquered Judah because uh, Judah fell into apostasy. But the portion of Judah that they couldn't conquer was the bride. And when they did that, God rose up, and he killed 185,000 of them in one night. They left Judah, they left the rest of them, and they're gone, right? So have the gods of the nations delivered them which my fathers have destroyed, Gozan, Hiran, Arizeph, and the children of Eden that were in Telassar? Where is the king of Hamath and the king of Arpad and the king of the city of Seraphim, uh, of Hannah and of Iva? And Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it, and Hezekiah went up unto the house of the Lord, and spread it before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord, and said, O Lord, the God of Israel, that sittest above the cherubim, thou art the God, even thou alone, and of all the kingdoms of the earth, thou hast made heaven and earth. Incline thine ear, O Lord, and hear. Open thine eyes, O Lord, and see. And hear the words of Sennacherib, wherewith he has sent to defy 
the living God. Of a truth, Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste the nations and their lands, and have cast their gods into the fire, for they were no gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. By the way, most churches, that's what they're made of, (laughs) by the way. But that's not the house of God, right? We are the house of God. Therefore they have destroyed them. Now therefore, O Lord our God, save thou us, I beseech thee, out uh, out of his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou, the Lord, art God alone. Oh, yes. And before it's over, the world will know, right? Thyatira, Revelation 2 and 18. And to the angel of the church of Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like a flame of fire, and his feet like unto burnished brass. I know thy works, and thy love, and faith, and ministry, and patience, and that thou thy last works are more than the first. So those are good things. But I have this against thee, that thou sufferest the woman Jezebel, who calleth herself a prophetess. You know Jezebel. She ruled over men, which was totally forbidden in the New Testament. Uh, She ruled over men, and she was a Jezebel. And that's where the Jezebel name uh, that they've given to that spirit of Jezebel. And she teacheth and seduceth my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed to idols. And, of course, she is a harlot. She is a fornicator because she has relations with those that are not the king. Amen. And I gave her time that she should repent, and she willeth not to repent of her fornication. Behold, I cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of her works. So all of her children... So are going into the tribulation. They think they're going to fly away, but they're not. They're going into the tribulation to hopefully be sanctified and delivered and prepared for the kingdom of God. And I will kill her children with death. Uh, Remind you of those who went into the wilderness who did not hold fast to the word like Joshua and Caleb who all died in the wilderness before they got to their promised land. And I will kill her children with death and all the churches shall know that I am he that searcheth the reins and the hearts and I will give unto each one of you. He's talking about the churches, right? Uh, According to your works. But to you, I say, to the rest that are in Thyatira, uh, as many as have not this teaching, who know not the deep things of Satan, uh, obviously speaking of Jezebel, right, as they are wont to say, I cast upon you none other burden, nevertheless that which you have hold fast until I come. And he that overcometh, and he that keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give authority over the nations." So notice, um, authority is not given to people because they go to Bible school. It's given to people because they are overcomers. Only God can send forth his ministers. 
They must be filled with the Spirit of God, which delivers from great evil and gives great guidance and great power in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Without that, you are not a minister. So guess where all the fake ministers are? And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and as the vessels of potter are broken to shivers, as also I received of my Father. And I will give him the morning star. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. Ah, well, we could go on, but we can't. <laughs> well, Father, thank you so much. Um, for your wonderful exhortations and your guidance and your series of events that you teach us. And thank you so much, Father, for your goodness to us. We ask that you grant us even more grace, Lord, uh, in the days to come. We know that unless the world sees the judgment of God, they will not repent and return to God. Let favor be showed to the wicked. They will not earn righteousness, but will deal wrongfully in the land of the living, as your word says. So, Lord, we thank you that you are going to teach your people the truth and lead them and guide them and build the true temple of God. Amen. Glory be to God. All right, saints, God bless you. And thank you so much for joining us today. In Jesus' name, amen. For information, materials, and to contribute, go to unleavenedbreadministries.org. Contributions only may be addressed to David Eels, Post Office Box 231616, Montgomery, Alabama 36123. My thirsting soul, purest water made me whole. Let your streams of mercy flow, oh Jesus. I trust in you. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. For oh, your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus.
Jesus.